0: What is going on, everybody? Rory Kelsey here, back with a new episode of Therapy Sessions. Um, tonight, I, I have uh, my buddy uh, Leo coming back. He, uh, he was on a couple weeks ago. I know I, I said that uh, his part two was going to be a week later, but life happens. And uh, so uh, I got Leo back. Um, first time, got somebody on a video call here. And uh, so this would be interesting to see how this plays out. He's got a pretty cool backdrop going on right now. But uh, yeah, Leo, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well, Rory. How are you?
0: Not too bad. I gotta say, you're looking pretty jacked right now, bro. I just noticed that.
1: Yeah, what's it's this. Uh,
0: it's this keto diet. Uh, yeah. It actually
1: works. It's crazy because. It right? Yeah. No. Here, here's the funny thing. Uh, I'm actually probably one of the probably the weakest I've been in a very long time. Mm. All my lifts absolutely suck, but aesthetically, pleasing. I'm doing well. Yeah. 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 And it's just, and I hear that it's, or not that I hear, because I've actually known from experience, because it's not my first, it's not my first rodeo with keto, but uh, when you like dive back into it and you get to the, a deep ketosis, it actually takes a while for your body to get adjusted to it. So your lifts and everything, your endurance tends to go, you know, down the shithole, but yeah. Hey, you look good. That's the important thing.
0: It's all that matters. It's how you look in a bathing suit. That's what my, uh, right, my exactly. high school, my high school lifting coach, he said, it doesn't matter how much you can lift. It's how you look in a bathing suit. Now, you know how I took that to heart. I was 16 yeah, years old yeah, when I first yeah. heard that. And I still believe that to this day.
1: Yeah. Especially since I'm getting ready for December. You're right. Bathing ah, suit in December. Yes. Yeah.
0: December. God. I mean it is I went through I went through uh, beach season with the dad bod so thank you 2020 for that I was able to do that uh,
1: 2020 just kind of was like you know what you're not doing any anything any of your yeah. goals I remember especially since we came out of the hospital last year we had all these goals and ambitions and things we were going to do and like twenty twenty oh, came and was like, yeah, you do none of that, none no. of that. You're gonna stay at home and do nothing.
0: What's the ch- what's the chance of that? Like, what a month after we get out, the world starts to end.
1: Pretty like- much. It, it, it's funny. Um, it actually kind of the 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 COVID uh, when I when I came out of the hospital and I essentially was unemployed and whatnot. Mm. I was like, oh no, I ruined a. a You know what I thought at the time was like a really good job that won't that the economy won't affect right because people drink when they're happy people drink when they're sad people drink when they're broke people just like to drink so essentially uh, a lot of people uh, thought that 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 industry was uh, economy proof right and recession proof Mm -hmm. yeah but no one factored in a pandemic and that that industry is definitely not pandemic proof especially with all the shutdowns and whatnot, oh, who yes. knows how many, yeah. Who knows how many of those businesses that I, that were my clients are no longer. Yeah, you know? Right.
0: Not in business yeah. anymore. Well, they were probably going to go out of business after you left regardless. It's just the pandemic yep. just sped it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I <laughs> should take that as a compliment or take that as of like, I destroyed those businesses uh, or I drank them. You know, I drank them dry either way, either way.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, that makes sense after what you were saying about how you were getting so many uh, souvenirs from these places. They were probably, they are like, oh, hey, the money's going up monthly our monthly uh, monthly yeah. income. What the hell? is What's going on? We're saving like $500 a day. What's going on?
1: Right. They were like, wow, we're we're in the actual black. for, mo-. But then, the, you know, <laughs> coronavirus came and was like, no, really? no, you don't have a business. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty morbid. Um, talking about, you know, morbid things, uh, the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Silver cross. That was a hell of an experience. Although mine was a lot different than yours. Uh, just because that, like, I swear, man, it, it is funny. And I think we probably talked about it back in part one. Uh, but <laughs> like you, you guys formed a friendship with like yep. Connor and like Nick and other people that I don't remember yeah. their names. Yeah. Yeah. you formed, like all a like, so yeah. Right. And you guys all still like talk to each other and like text each other. And when, when I came in, essentially most of you guys were leaving and I, I had a quite an interesting group of people to, to, to do therapy with. Um, and I, I pretty much talked to this one kid who was a complete anarchist, right. Mm And, um, troubled kid. Yeah, Nick yeah. LA, Troubled Kid. He reminds me of a Harmony Corrine movie come to life. Like, you know, not necessarily kids, but maybe Gummo. Oh, my God. <laughs> if, like, that kid from Gummo grew up, that would be Nick Right. right? Mm. Uh, and uh, it was him and essentially the, this kid. I don't know if you were there when he was there, but uh, it, he looked like Chris Christopherson. He had, like, a full-on beard. He, he looked very 70s, Um I don't know. It reminded me, like I was like, bro, like you copying A *Star Is Born*, and not uh, uh, the Barbra Streisand, not the uh, the remake <laughs> with Lady Gaga. Uh, There's like
0: six remakes of that movie, bro.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm a Barbra Streisand type of person. Barbra Streisand, Chris Christopherson, if, I'm pretty sure that was him. But uh, yeah, and we would just sit there and play Uno all day, and Best and and slapjack, and, slap and mm. just talk about how like our lives probably crumbled, crumbling outside, you know, in the outside world and stuff like that. But like here we were in this hospital, not knowing the concept of time.
0: You know, actually today, um, it's been in my mind all day today. Today is the one year anniversary since I checked myself in. Oh, really? Yeah. It's been one year since I checked myself in and, uh, it's been on my mind heavy a lot today. And I, I just been thinking about the week that I was there and all the guys that I met and the relationships I created. And then, just thinking about the growth i guess since i've got out
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh i mean i definitely think i'm better off than i was a year ago on this day you know i i haven't checked myself in any ho- hospitals today so i think i'm doing pretty good but uh the year itself you know i just think with um uh, you know with the covid and the shutdowns and there's so much shit just going on man and uh it just fucking weighs on a guy and uh somebody like us who's got some issues going on and you know it was one of my the biggest things when the quarantine happened is i thought about a lot of guys that we were in the hospital with like if like what's going to happen if they can't leave their house or if they they don't have they don't get to go to work or they can't see they can't see their friends or they they can't socialize and they're just cooped up in their house and their thoughts like it's terrifying and uh Luckily, I got the chance to work through it all, so I wasn't cooped up in the house. I mean, I was in the city almost every day, so it's probably not safe. But I mean, whatever. I didn't. I know. I don't think I ever got sick. Um, but the last couple months, it just kind of came ahead, and you know, just accumulated. And um, one of the biggest things for me is I haven't been able to work out like I like. I like to work out in since March, whenever this shit happened. Like I remember getting the email from the the gym owner in like mid March saying like, Hey, the kid's room's closed, but the gym's still open, but there's only a certain amount of people allowed and you have to set up a time to come in and you can only stay for an hour and you can't work on machines next. It was like, you know, it was just one of those things. And, uh, so yeah, it's been almost in seven, eight months, nine months, you know? And, uh, it shows, definitely shows. I, t- I, I joked with Melissa today. I said I could probably play Santa Claus this year, with how I'm looking. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy year, and I just uh, I just can't wait for this shit to be done and over with, and move on with our lives and go back to somewhat normal world, normal life. I don't know. I don't know if that might be selfish on my part because there are people who are actually suffering from this pandemic like from the actual disease for someone like me with my mental state I just I need to get back to my routine of working working out and just spending that time with my family that I've just been not been doing you know what I mean right
1: I, I mean yeah and you do kind of feel like an asshole for for complaining right there are people yeah. like they're definitely worse off and not just people that have had covid or have died from covid the people that have lost their jobs and you know lost other things but like i don't know i'm not gonna i'll still complain (laughs) well it's coming from someone who like i do a lot of concerts uh i do a lot of concerts i Uh, do a lot of going out to the movies and whatnot and that there's been none of that this year right um it's funny uh, I don't know if I've shared this story, but uh, I went to C2E2 in February, yeah, and um, yeah, so I got to hang out with all these, you know, comic book lovers, and, and I get, I got to meet a lot of comic book writers that, that I admire. I got, I got to hang out with Tom King, which is one of the coolest experience, experiences in my life. Uh, I met Jim Lee, you know, mm-hmm. names that, to the average person doesn't mean anything, but to us it's just like, holy shit, right? Okay. Uh but back then I remember Clay Mann, who worked on a book with Tom King, the Heroes in Crisis book, which ironically enough is about mental illness, but he didn't show up because of coronavirus and they were making fun of him, like, oh, he's afraid of the virus. And who would have thought that, you know, all these months later? Right. That would that that was the last, that was the last big Comic Con that was held. Uh, Cause they canceled the Emerald city, which is in uh, Seattle. They canceled that. And then from there they canceled everything else. And then, you know, the shit hit the fan. Um, yeah. My last, my last concert was in November of last year. Uh, and I don't see myself going to a concert until 2022. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, it's, I've, it, I've hopefully it's sooner. You. Hopefully it's sooner, but as a big music guy, yeah, no, this, this year has sucked because I was one of the fortunate ones to, to land a nice, you know, a nice white collar job during this pandemic, which I know is like winning the lottery, but there hasn't been a whole lot to do. Right. And then if you definitely don't have a uh, core group of people as a support system, I can see how if you're left alone with your thoughts like that's definitely not easy
0: oh yeah and that, that's the hardest part you know. just sitting that's why i feel so for so many of these people and you know i try to reach out to as many guys as i could throughout the pandemic just to make sure they're doing good because you just think about it man like some like we know we get it so like if i think like If I had to just sit at my house all day, every day, not being able to go anywhere, not being able to go to restaurants, not being able to go to bars, to concerts, to sporting events, to, like, none of these things, or even going to work, going to the gym, like, can't do nothing, and, like, you're just sitting at home, especially, like, if you're single with no kids, and it's just you in an apartment or your parents' house or whatever, like, dude, I couldn't even imagine, so, like, I just, I, I felt for those guys and anybody, even people I didn't know, you know, I just you feel so bad for them and you want to help and you just let them know that you're there for them, I guess. And I mean, there's nothing else you can do. It's not even like, Hey, let's come meet up. Oh wait, no, we can't cause the world's shut down. So we'll just text or talk over the phone or dumb me start a podcast and not realize how much work goes into it and planning and preparation and Oh, who's going to be on next week's episode. Oh, what are we going to talk about? Or, Oh no, but not nah, it, it's, you know, it's just, it's hard. This is really a fucking hard year for a lot of people. And, uh, I just hope that we can get out of it. And then we could just, whenever it is, whenever we can just start over, whenever that is, I just, I can't wait for that day. And especially for people like us, who are struggling with racing thoughts and like, uh, being alone and being in dark places, like for them, especially, I just hope this, uh, descends soon
1: yeah uh agree 100 um yeah mental illness definitely is not easy when the whole world shuts down and you have a lot of time and it's really easy to isolate yourself mm-hmm. um yeah i could i could definitely like some of those people in the hospital that weren't as lucky as us to have a family or support system yeah or you know because we're all different right so i'm i'm bipolar Uh, So I have really high highs and then I have really bad lows, but like the people who are constantly just clinically depressed and feeling low, oof, yeah, coronavirus, whether or not they have it, yeah, that's a bitch to be by themselves. And a lot of those people were kind of loners from, you know, that just kind of kept to themselves and didn't really have a big social circles. And that was in their, uh, was it? Ah, what, what was those stupid worksheets that we had to fill out like character growth and whatnot? not oh, yeah, yeah. you remember all those like icebergs yeah. and what yeah and you would have to list your goals and the things you wanted to do and the things you didn't want to do and the things you've learned from your experiences you know like oh and then i would be a dick and fill it out really like truthfully like mm-hmm. oh what did you learn well i learned that you know the cocktail that i had was a bad idea because it was uppers and downers next time it'll just be uppers no i'm just kidding <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> always, uppers, uh, bro. always uppers i know but listen i was i was just trying to be like a full emotional fellini movie where there's highs and lows and everything mm-hmm. in between yep. you know so that's yeah.
0: your uh that's your medical diagnosis is the bipolar
1: yeah yeah it is uh I always, I always thought that I was just because it wasn't like a steady thing where it would be seasons. It would be sometimes be uncontrollable. And sometimes I would have like an emotional mood swing and I was like, what, where the hell did this come from? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. But I had never been diagnosed. I was, I was like you were, you know, I, I've, this is my second rodeo at a mental hospital, but this is the first time that instead of like being diagnosed as uh as depressed they were like no no you're bipolar and you're a really bad case uh which is why they like started me on like that old school lithium which is not fun to do uh is not fun to be on it's not you know it's it's not fun to to agree to lithium especially with all the side effects that they list and then it's just not a fun drug to be on
2: uh
1: and they mixed it with like seroquel because that's the one thing i don't like about the mental hospitals they just give you a cocktail Right. So, so I replaced the cocktail of like illegal drugs for a cocktail of pharmaceuticals, right? Cause it was Seroquel and lithium and there was some other crap that I kind of just was like, sure, why not? I'll take it to be a zombie, but lithium, it, there's a reason why it's such an old school drug. It just, it does not make you feel like, yes, you, you don't have lows anymore, but you don't have like emotions. Anything, you're anything, kind of, yeah. yeah. You're just there. You're, just, you're Yeah right and and i got hit with some pretty bad news coming out of the hospital right i got Mm. hit with some pretty like craptastic deck of cards but i didn't feel anything which i guess is a positive in hindsight because i'm like i don't know how i would have dealt with it not being on all those all that medication i probably would have like freaked out and thought my world was gonna end but still there, there were so many things where i was just like eh, yeah right like oh At the time, like my employment was up in the air, but I was like, I don't care. And then I got the letter of being fired. I I don't fucking care. Right. Like just give me more lithium (laughs) and I'll go back to sleep. And then the Seroquel is crazy because you just pop that. And then 15 minutes later, you're like out. Right. And, and yeah. So the meds weren't the best thing. And then the other thing too is because I got fired, my health insurance ran out. And so I was forced to essentially get off of lithium. So I had to, we had to monitor me and, uh, my girlfriend had to monitor me coming out of lithium. So mm-hmm. we essentially gave myself like a smaller dose, a smaller dose for like a yeah. week until I just came off of it. And I don't yep. think I'll ever go back on it again.
0: Yeah. I don't have... I remember, uh, I remember when you were on it because that was when we were working on the movie and like you said you were doing rewrites or whatever. And like, because of the lithium, you just had no motivation. You were just a couch. You're like, you're just like a slug on a couch. And like, and I was getting, I'm like, come on, dude. And you're like, dude, it's the drugs. I'm sorry. I, like, I'm going to try to work before the lithium kicks in. and Like, I just didn't understand. And then I remember I looked up lithium and I was just like, oh, okay. They're just turning him into a zombie so he doesn't yeah. have his ups and downs okay that's cool i guess but uh, i guess that goes to show you uh taking medication isn't a bad thing it's just if you're not on the right shit then it becomes it could potentially become a bad thing so the key is to just you know you, you got to find that right mixed and like that right type and there's there's so many different types of antidepressants anti-anxieties anti and whatever um you just got to find that right dosage and uh me um i don't know if i told you i know i, I told the podcast uh, a few weeks ago a couple months ago i got off i uh talked to my doctor and i i said i don't think the uh the Lexpro that i was taking was doing anything for me and uh so i'm like yeah i just want I, I just want to get off it i just want to i just want to get off the meds i want to go back to being natural And she's like, okay, if that's what you want, like, then let's set up a plan, do it like basically what you did. Like I was doing like, uh, I think it was like 15 milligrams. So like for uh, a week I did like 10 milligrams and then I went down to like five milligrams every day. And then I went to like five milligrams every other day until eventually I just like ran out and then I was done. And, um, at first there was some side effects, like you get like really lightheaded, almost like, uh, like. Last year, or earlier this year, rather, I did it, like, cold turkey. I just, like, stopped. And, like, it was, like, the second or third day I felt like I had vertigo. Like, I couldn't even pick mm-hmm. my head up. And, like, I was just – and then as soon as I took it a half hour later, I was good. Um But this time, like, it was, like, it was there. Like, I turned my head too quickly. Like, it felt like I was, like, lagging a little bit. Like, where the – like, on your computer, when you have the cursor, that kind of just, like – like, that's what it felt like yeah. a little bit. Um, You know, like, some bathroom issues, stuff like stuff like that. But nothing – like I looked it up, I just checked every box on all the uh, the back uh, the uh, side effects, and then it wasn't until about a month later. No more headaches, no more bathroom issues, no more dizziness. Like everything felt fine, but my emotional state was just I don't even know, man. Like I was just losing it. Like I felt, like I felt, like I felt a year ago today and it didn't even dawn on me and i just i had an appointment with my my doctor because she made like a six-week follow-up for after i got off the meds and i i met with her and uh i told her everything that was going on and she just like straight up told me she like looked at me she's like you're withdrawing
1: Hmm.
0: and i'm like what she's like you're withdrawing your body is you're withdrawing and you're going back to where you were and it's, it makes it worse. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like I, cause I've, I've, I've never been a, like I've taken drugs. I've done drugs before, but I've never been an addict. So I've never had a, a withdrawal before. Like I've never, right. like my body's never gotten sick because I'm trying to like, that's never happened to me. And it happened. And I was just like, Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And like, it just like, it literally took her, it's funny how it takes these therapists and counselors to fucking, like, my counselor was the one who told me, like, if, take, basically, he, he was the one that got me to be okay with taking medicine after years of fighting it. And then it took my therapist to tell me that I need to get back on because I guess the silver lining of it, for the last year, I didn't think the Lexapro was doing a damn thing for me. Turns out, it was, it, was. Doing a, it was doing a lot for me. I just had no idea. And uh, I got back on it. And like within a couple days, like I just like my attitude, my mood, my emotions, like everything just started to stabilize. And, you know, I mean, it's I haven't been perfect these last couple weeks or a few weeks since I've been back on, but so much better than when I got off. And, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm glad that I got back on. And I'm not ashamed to, you know, tell people that I'm taking these meds and
1: Right. But, and, and they're, right and and there right and there's yeah. and there's no shame in in any medication i'm just saying lithium yeah. for a creative Sucks. person right lithium yeah. just blows uh, and i for 15 15 years of my life i've been doing pretty well mm-hmm. at like monitoring my like i guess bipolar episodes with workouts right with working out and 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 uh other things keeping my mind busy either writing scripts or whatever but like it it didn't help that you know i had every uh, every alcohol i wanted and and drugs and other nonsense at my disposal right which doesn't help uh and now that i don't have that you know because i left that environment and more importantly because of coronavirus Mm -hmm. no one has that uh it's it's a lot easier to to manage right if i'm not feeling Oh, I'm feeling so hot. Oh, you know, I'll look at the thousands of dollars I've spent on, you know, collectibles Good. or I or I read my comic books or, yeah. you know, I get my workout in. Which also my gym has collectibles in front of the gym to get motivated all my WWE crap and AEW. Oh, yeah. Your garage gym. Your freezing cold garage, garage gym. gym. It's, it's not that cold yet. And I have a heater. And oh, you know okay. what? Ro- Rocky worked out in Siberia in rocky four and look at him so
0: with his beard and yelling on top of the mountain yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you just need so. to grow a beard and you're right there you're basically
1: rocky yeah sure and take a <laughs> <of> steroids hey
0: <laughs> he was clean
1: sure he was sure you he try was. to
0: go up against that russian monster and not fucking stick a couple needles in your ass uh
1: you know i you're talking you're essentially preaching to the choir i have no qualms about taking steroids in fact you know, I always, I'm always like, I'm always down. Okay. If like there was a group, like there's, there's you, there's, there's my cousin who always are like, Hey, you know what? We should just do steroids and just get jacked. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You still got to put the work in. It's not like you shoot up steroids and then, Oh, look, I have a, you know, my biceps are like 22 inches. That doesn't that doesn't happen. You still have to put the work in. That's what most people yeah. don't understand. Like I don't know why yeah. they look down on it. Right. Not like, a professional athlete. Who cares? Yeah. And even like, if you're a professional athlete, it makes baseball more fun. Right.
0: And don't give me that bullshit. Like, oh, Barry Bonds only hit the home runs because of steroids. He still has to have the hand-eye coordination to hit the ball. Steroids doesn't give that to you. Exactly. You know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> he was he was a great hitter before he got on the roids. It just the ball went farther.
1: This whatever right if you gave jay cutler a bat and i'm not talking about jay cutler the football player but jay cutler the bodybuilder if you gave Four jay cutler him, yeah. yeah exactly if you gave jay cutler a bat and you're like here hit hit oh he's my not God. gonna hit a homer
0: no uh, he's not gonna hit no. a homer at all he's, so it's, he's gonna fall on his ass because yeah yeah
1: and then he won't be able to get back up because because he, he's so jacked he's like a turtle he's
0: like a turtle <laughs> <laughs> like a turtle on his back of his
1: shell Ooh. yeah yeah so which is actually know, funny
0: because and- uh phil heath before he got into bodybuilding he was a best he was a college basketball player and uh the one uh pumping iron the second pumping iron documentary that focused on phil heath and jay cutler and all of them uh he, he was talking about his basketball background and they did a shot of him in his gym and he was shooting the basketball and it just looks so awkward because it's like massive man who's like six feet wide is shooting a basketball <laughs> it's just like basketball
1: he was, he was making it, was like, it but i was
0: just like yeah, Man. But ba-
1: that basketball is probably the size of his tricep bro like <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you like i'm sure your kids have like that like you know uh stupid mini like soccer slash basketball oh, you know what i'm so talking many. about
0: All, he, yeah yeah, they, yeah
1: yeah you feel like a giant when you that's hold what, it yeah. and you're like oh that's what he feels like yeah that's
0: yeah like Except- that picture of andre the giant holding the beer can <laughs> Uh-huh. That's, just, that's just them holding anything,
1: right? But uh, you know, steroids we just have it's all in the pursuit of looking good because we're vain pricks who want to be in as many movies as we can. One of my yeah. heroes. One of my heroes, which probably doesn't help and is one of the reasons probably why I indulged in the vices that I did is Vincent Gallo, right? Yeah. Vincent Gallo, for most of your audience who who isn't as film savvy as you or I are, um, he is an independent filmmaker. He dated Cap Power for a brief period of time in the 90s, I think, but he did this movie called The Brown Bunny, right? The Brown Bunny is, you know what? I don't really remember the plot other than it's like a a girl and that's chloe Sevigny, and like a dude but what i do remember is uh he at was it towards the end of the movie he gets a blow job from chloe Sevney. but the thing is though is uh it's unsimulated so she decided and he did uh that it was like i guess for the arts right it's super artistic and a, a expression of whatever sexuality if she actually blew him on camera um and yeah i heard about this yeah yeah and one of the funny things was uh that they actually the billboard for that movie that was on sunset boulevard was him like you know like laid out like oh look and just the the top of her the back of her head you know by his crotch and that was the poster which i mean is brilliant marketing if you think about it because if you see that going down i-55 you're going to be like i want to watch that movie regardless of what it's about yeah, I mean, probably
0: think it's a porno no. movie, but yeah, I get it.
1: I mean, no, there, there are plenty of movies that I'm just like, I don't want to see this, right? Because it's clearly Oscar bait. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top Every of my head. Every movie that comes out around Christmas time? Right, or, you know, other movies that everyone loves, but I'm just like, I don't There's get There's like it, a like...
0: 15 ensemble cast, like yeah. just something
1: like Bobby. That fucking I, terrible movie. I was not a fan of Spotlight. uh Really, I was just, uh, no. I just I was like, cool. It's just a bunch of people like gr- they were Hollywood at like uh, the elite, right, as they call them. Yeah, it was like A-listers all in this movie, including like Michael Keaton. Not that Michael Keaton isn't elite, but uh Who's yeah. That? And then they, Michael Keaton, you know, Vulture. I, 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 <sighs> Vulture. I like yeah. how the, That's where you went with that. Not you know, well, not Birdman, not, Bird gonna say, not, I'm not gonna Batman. Say Batman. No, you birdman. A, yeah, but you're a Marvel fanboy, so that's what you would know him. From. Yeah, but, but anyways, I know I know him as Batman. Yeah, okay, Birdman. Okay, and you're out to better. But movie. he's coming but, back as Bruce or uh, Bruce Wayne. Any. Yeah, he is. But so. that's a whole other discussion for a whole other podcast. But anyway, spotlight. It would be. I would have liked the movie a lot better if <laughs> there was the blowjob scene in it. Who given what doesn't matter. Why? Mark Ruffalo could be given a blowjob. That's not the movie. point. It is the point. The point is the Boston newspaper. Do you you think the point of the brown bunny was that blowjob scene? No, it wasn't. It was there was some other artistic artsy fartsy crap, right? But that's all people remember. That's all I remember. Okay, I believe that. But (laughs) it's really funny. Um, it's really funny because, like, your your audience probably thinks that I want to shoot movies like Michael Bay, but I. I actually am really drawn to dramas. So, um, uh, you know, uh, this director of like The Skin I Live In, which I'm blinking on his name, of course. it's Sp- He's a Spaniel. Uh, I'm Alejandra Maldovar, right? Like, Alfonso Coron, he- he's a shit. Uh, Fellini, Bergman. But when my speech actually comes out, like it is definitely not philosophical or deep or meaningful, right? I tend to leave that all on my scripts. My scripts yeah. speak for yeah, yeah. You wouldn't oh, yeah. think if you read like one of my like one of my scripts, and I, I I throw the term scripts loosely just because we're not really you know we're like zero budget filmmakers, so that's kind of an insult to the actual great screenwriters. But uh, when you look at my scripts, and then you you like have a conversation with me, your people are like, wait, that you wrote that. Just Mm -hmm. because, you know, yeah, I I sound like I should just be crushing Bud Light at, you know, at a dive bar. Just making another uh, American Pie spinoff movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just feel because like I give it all on the page, right? So if I give it all on the page, why continue to be like that pretentious douchebag that wears the sunglasses and goes, ah, sunlight, right? No, I'm just going (laughs) to blow it up and leave it, leave all the artsy fartsy, like, you know, what's the meaning of life stuff to the script. But uh, yep. anyways, Brown Bunny, Vincent Gallo, he's like, yeah, yeah, one of my heroes. But the wanting to be in movies, I actually didn't really want to be in movies. Like everyone else who, who's actually in front of the camera goes, I didn't really want to be in front of the camera. Bullshit. You did. But uh, I do. It, it, it came out of necessity. Uh, so in in college, like I shot a lot of like those projects for film school and whatnot. And Uh, what what you find out in film school you quickly realize is that eh, and much like the real world is people are unreliable as fuck right so you're you're a bunch of broke college students and i was i actually treated them really well right i would treat them out to, to 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 dinner and and whatnot like hey you know let me buy this for you whatnot but Uh, a lot of the times actors would flake. So when actors would flake, you had the camera equipment rented because you were too broke to own your actual camera. You had, uh, I remember having this actress It was a really big deal because she is from Argentina. Right. She, uh, and she was going to do our little project, but it turned out that the actor bailed on us the day Mm. we shoot. So I was like, Oh fuck, what do I do? Right. I have this actress. She she's done stage work in Argentina and other South American countries. And she's going to come do our project like fuck. Right. And then I was like, shit, I'll do it. Right. Which I'm sure my girlfriend who knows me really well would be, was like, uh, Sure, this was your plan all along, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, she, the actress came over, and it was essentially a baptism by fire where I had to deliver the lines. And it was, to be fair, and to give myself credit, it was actually really well done. Short, uh, and from there, you know, I every once in a while I'd go in front of the camera. Um, but anyways, because you want to be in front of your camera for your movie, which we were going to shoot at or start shooting trailers and Kickstarter. Projects and whatnot, and then COVID happened. Yep. Uh, Which one of the- uh, we
0: still plan on doing, everybody. So uh, feel free to help out some starving artists when we want to make some. Art.
1: <sighs> okay, we're not that starving. Get the hell out of here. I mean, you, know, I mean, you might, you're keto, but uh, uh, ah, jokes. I mean, yeah, jokes. You got so many of them. They're just not as funny. But I was going to be like, you know what I could do? I could be like Kevin Smith and sell all of my all your collection, shit. all my stuff. I'm sure I have. I'm pretty
0: sure you're. if you sold your entire house, you could fund our entire movie.
1: Like, you mean, yeah, yeah, probably. There is a lot. Don't tell people that because then you're going to get them ideas. Break into his house and steal. Like, I do have so much. Like, you you look, and this isn't this is an exaggeration. Most people think I'm exaggerating when I'm like, when you walk in my house, almost every corner is filled with something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether whether it's GI Joe's or Masters of the Universe, which I didn't even grow up on, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And what collector doesn't have it? Ninja Turtles, Hellraiser, Blade Runner, like, of course, lots and lots of DC stuff. Mm-hmm. You a lot I of even Marvel have stuff too. You hater. Yeah, it's Marvel Cinematic Universe, which you said you're never gonna see in theater again. I haven't. I've been true to my word, bro. Nothing's the... come out since. Either either I'm way, I'm not
0: Spider Man uh, that you didn't like.
1: Spider Man, Spider Man. I didn't see it. I didn't see the last Spider Man.
0: Far from Home. Yeah,
1: you have. you, yeah. said, you said you hated it. No, I, I no, I saw Homecoming, and I was like, no, this movie's not for me. This is for like generation z- whatever the generation is after us. Ah. I'm sorry, Flash Thompson's a little Indian kid that's like 98 pounds. You're telling me that that guy's the bully, Mike. My- hey. Words hurt my cousin, hurting. hey, my cousin ended up branding some kid that looked like that, like branding in like was it workshop class? He like branded that kid, so that kid would probably be branded. He wouldn't be bullying anybody.
0: Was it you? Because you kind of look like him.
1: What the? You, that's... you
0: look like the kid from Flash Thompson and oh Doug yeah, and all those, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you. You literally complimented me an hour earlier, and and now you're just whatever, whatever. Not, what is? Is it bad that you look like a famous person? No, it, it's really, but you do know, I'm just gonna no comment that and just move on. I'm gonna comment yeah. that and move on. But either way, those movies are not good.
0: They should have hired, not uh, no, they should actually. No, now that you think about it, they should have casted that one fucking kid from the Viking show to fly, play Flash. He would have
1: casted anyone, bro. They could have casted you. What the hell's his name? He would have made no, better Flash Thompson.
0: What the hell movie was he in? He was, he's been in a few. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. He would have been a good Flash Thompson. He looks the part. Uh, Vikings, I think the name of the show. He was in. Uh, his name's Alexander Ludwig. Yeah, okay. He was in yeah, Hunger was Games. In like
1: yeah. Oh, I know which kid you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he would have been a great Flash. He looks young. Right. Yeah, he would have been a good Flash. Believable. Right.
1: And then it would have been believable that he can kick your ass, not yeah. little, whatever the kid from freaking Budapest Hotel, which I like that movie.
0: I like Dope. it was a Dope. dope. That was a good
1: movie. I'll I'll watch anything Saoirse Ronan's in. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Saoirse. That's so Irish. But in in terms of like the movie making to go back, that's why I like the MCU because it's all like movie figures and I just, anything movie related, I go crazy for it. And I feel like I've been buying a lot more movie related merchandise now with COVID just because I've been going through withdrawals um especially when we came out of the hospital we had all like this oh we're gonna shoot all these projects and like little mini projects too it wasn't like your you know magnum opus that we were planning on shooting but we were you you and i were going to shoot little projects yeah i have this one project which i keep calling it like oh this this project i gotta finish and one it's because um it's a really cool idea um that other people tell me right i don't i just write i don't think it's good or not i just you know what i mean i'm not going to be like oh i think it's all trash but I, i'm indifferent to it in terms of whether or not i think it's good just because i wrote it so obviously i'm gonna think it's pretty good but like when other people say it it makes you feel better but i know it's good because uh one of the 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 actress that was in it she uh literally got naked for no for no money so that's a good sign i think That means
0: it's a good okay
1: whatever sure. Does it not? I don't know. Like I think it does. It means that she thinks it's it was art. It had enough artistic merit to do that. Sure, sure. That sounds sarcastic as fuck. No, dude, that's you. If if that's what you think, go ahead. So what was she gonna do it regardless? I don't I don't think so. In fact, she's probably wondering why the fuck is this movie not out that I got naked for? And there was this one scene we did a really clever you've seen the footage, right? With the rain, where like she, she's essentially she's um the way we filmed it is we were we uh oh, the handprint on the window. Yeah, that's a yeah. really fucking cool scene. Yeah, and she was yeah, yeah, she she got naked for it, which I don't necessarily think she had to do that. Cause it's filmed from far away where, but she wore pasties. So eh, it's one of those things where like, does it count? Does it not count? and Leave it up for your audience to decide. But the the way we filmed that is she straddled my body pill, pillow. And she destroyed that body pillow. Like a- afterwards, I was just like, it was so limp in the middle. It was like, oh crap. I didn't sure. think about that. Cause I actually use that. I did buy another one, but yeah. we, yeah. And it was in the rain, which it wasn't raining that day. So we grabbed the hose and essentially put a, f- freaking thumb over it and then spread water and it looked really artistic point is is we were going to finish that movie and you were going to play you know you were going to play an arrogant asshole
2: uh yeah i
1: was looking forward to that yeah and then we never finished it because coronavirus happened yep right and
0: now you're gonna see if i had any chops and i was gonna show you that i did and
1: yeah because that was the whole thing right it was essentially going to be an audition for your own movie which is weird But that's the truth. It was going to be an audition for your movie.
0: And I I want to be an asshole who's going to be like, oh, this is my movie. I'm playing this person no matter what. If somebody who had more experience than me told me that, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, I would have been okay. I've been like, yeah, that sucks. Kind of soul crushing, but I get it. I understand. So we'll find somebody because the character I, I want to play in my script is to me the most important person in the whole story. And I cared more about his story and his character than anybody else. Um, so I wanted to make sure that he was taken care of. And and if I didn't think I could do that, then we'll find somebody else who could.
1: Right. And in the end, it's a decent story from um thank you. What you what you wrote, because uh you actually (laughs) you like personify the mistake that 90% of films like uh film students do in year one, which is they like put their character they are their characters and their script mm-hmm. and like that's like a no-no like this one kid his name was Solomon I won't reveal what nationality it is because I guess it's not pertinent to the story but like he had this script and essentially it was his like wet dream of all the ladies in his life and he had casted every girl that was in the script from like um, Emma Stone to Brenda Song and it was just really creepy, though, you would, yeah, like, you would read a script and be like, oh, this is, like, your fantasy that you wish you, like, this is the life you wish you had, but you don't, right? And why do we have to read this nonsense? Uh, but you have to do that a lot in, fil- in film school, where it's just like, oh, this is just you. If you, you know what I mean? it's If you thought you were successful, and it's just, it's a horrendous, it's a horrendous thing to do but in your case you know it's not as it's not as weird
2: yeah
0: i mean i think like the the first script that i wrote that i gave you uh it's more of an ensemble cast i mean you could i guess you can say the one character is kind of the main but i i I always saw it as it was a multiple main character ensemble piece and yeah I, i kind of put myself into a little bit of each character more right more some than others like uh the guy that you were going to play, I honestly didn't see anything about me. Maybe a couple things. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, everybody else, there was there was something that I had experience with that I just kind of trickled in between them all. But that's what you do is if you're a writer, you, can, you take your life experience, you take what you know. Like, I'm not going to, I could never write like uh, a war movie unless I had help. Like, I don't know. I was never in the military. I don't know code names. I don't know what people say. I don't know how they talk. So I I would have to reach out and get help and interview people and, you know, research. Yeah. But if it's just like a high school drama about kids going through life, hey, I was a high school kid who was going through life and I can take life experience and kind of expand it a little bit to make it more cinematic. You know, there's a
1: thin line, though. There's a thin line between writing what you know and then writing yourself and that's the thing you gotta you gotta walk that yeah. that type rope like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the walk right uh because you don't want to just write yourself because that that's more pompous then you go into Vincent Gallo get, uh, Vincent Gallo territory right where it's just yeah, no. uh, but you want to be kind of like more like uh, like Alfonso Cuaron in Roma right where mm-hmm. it's he wrote what he knew, but it's not necessarily him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and I feel that your script kind of tethers, you know, it teethers, tethers, teethers, whatever, on almost it's you, but it's not quite you because it's not. So it gets the pass. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but either way, it, we're not, we'll are not. we never know, right? Because your audition never happened in this kick-ass script or kick-ass short film conflicts and craziness like i've had actresses i had an actress break up with me in my car in front of my girlfriend which is probably one of the weirdest things ever because her dad died and she essentially had like a mental break which is understandable i guess which part the having a mental break or breaking up with me in the car even though we weren't dating i took her out to a movie and which sounds like oh well there you go you let her on but the thing is My girlfriend went to the movie as well. So
0: So it was just a friendly thing. You know, say, yeah, she she broke up the friendship. She no longer wanted your friendship,
1: I guess. But it was really weird because she was talking about how she was trying really hard to get her to like me or get her get me to like her and she, she didn't know if I did. And there were some times where I act like I just disliked her and stuff. Like, and I'm just like, I'm just, I, I just want to shoot this fucking movie. Right. <laughs> and like, I, I just want to shoot this fucking movie that we, I already spent a lot of money, which at the time I didn't have. And it's not a lot of money in hindsight, but at, you know, in college, it's like 300 bucks, like fuck, right. That's, that's, that's some good dinner right there. Um, but I, I was just, I didn't know what to do. And she's just going on and on and she's crying. And, and we had picked her up and we we had picked her up and we were on our way, I don't even remember what the hell we were filming, but like we were on our way to film something and then she like breaks down. And so I'm in the front seat driving this girl and my girlfriend's in the passenger seat. And then this this crazy bitch is in the back seat. And she, she starts crying and, and all this about like, oh, and sometimes I feel like you don't like me and yada, yada. And we had argued about earlier about some like, Military boots that she was trying on because I was going to shoot my zombie movie. I mm. essentially had the idea for Walking Dead before Walking Dead, Except the movie book. not the comic book, because I don't remember where the comic book came out, nor do I care because I don't think Robert Kirkman's that good of a writer. Uh, but she, she like breaks up with me, and she's not paying attention to any like to, to Molly at all. Like she doesn't exist. And then after she like says what she has to say, right? She completely ignores me and just talks to Molly the entire time and then she like we, we tell her that it's fine and we're just going to drop her off and then essentially we're just going to walk away and everything's golden although she had a couple of my movies including like Amoris Paros, so I wanted those back so she's like oh I'm going to get you your movies and then she like comes she like gets out of the car she closes the car and then as soon as she closed the door I'm just like I'm about to hear the what the fuck was that all about right like what did you do I'm gonna kill you. All this other crap, and which, if if I had deserved it, fine. But I had I didn't do squat. Like, it, I don't know where she came. Like, mixed signals is one thing, but she was just, you know, girlfriend turns around and she's like, "Hey, do you want some ice cream?" I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Cause you just got dumped." She's like, "Do you want to like go home?" And we can, <laughs> get a blanket and watch like all these movies like love actually and whatnot and i'm just like shut up she's like no like uh and that's did you see what i just did there like uh, i did foreshadowing for something of a you know something that will come back on your podcast we'll call that a teaser yeah uh but (laughs) she uh she came out she handed the dvds and then i never saw her again and it was just one of those things where like she was crazy and that the project which is on youtube Uh, One of the projects, uh, like I thought the project she did, where she didn't, wasn't that shit crazy, turned out really well. Mm -hmm. And then we had a recaster for the project I really wanted her for. And then I got another actress. uh, And the problem was with that actress, she just, between not acting very well, not doing what she was supposed to do, she was just being a complete weirdo and just overall dragging the pace of filming right because as a zero budget filmmaker you don't have all the time in the world to film things right right if you can get a bunch of people in one afternoon that's 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 it you have to shoot all in that afternoon or you don't get your you don't get your project done and she just completely dragged everything and uh is she the one uh
0: is that the one where you had her like trapped in the basement and you like drilled through her leg and all that
1: so that's the girl that i wanted to be originally my zombie thing right so yeah so that's the girl who ended up dumping me and she mm. which it's funny because it's not a basement it's actually like a laundry room but hey, it looks like a basement which is good right um and yeah. then she ends up slicing the back of my legs which you know i didn't yeah. make up myself right but no this uh that just
0: bothered know. me because you drilled through her thigh and at the end she like walked away like perfectly normal like come on sell that
1: it's adrenaline. A giant okay. hole
0: in your leg. Adrenaline. Yes. A little. Adrenaline. A little. But if you limp. really,
1: if you, if you really look back at it, I used a really thin, like a really thin drill bit. I, I like, I'm like, why? Yeah. Why would he do that? Like, he did nothing. He did no damage to to her, probably right? Like, probably would still hurt. I'm sure it hurt. I'm just, like he... I'm just saying.
0: I'm just saying. A better actor would have sold it a little bit.
1: Yeah, and then and then looking back looking back i'm just like why did i put her in a short skirt like that was so stupid but it was exploitation right cuz that that's where i grew up on a lot of uh, like the the like exploitation horror like the italian films the italian horror films the stuff so mm-hmm. i can't help myself i want i want gore and you know gore and nudity uh when i'm not and the other thing too is as an independent filmmaker everybody wants to film a drama right every you want to film a drama and the thing is though really? like i'm Unless it's like really well done, you're not going to get a whole lot of exposure to it because who like the average person doesn't want to see a drama, versus like horror. Like everybody wants to see horror. That's why I, so many of my like short projects have been horror, just because everybody wants to see horror. Everybody wants to see blood. Everybody wants to see people dead, and everybody wants to see some titty. It's the truth. Or you know what? It's 2020. Not everybody I. wants to see penis.
0: Not right. I, I like a, a I like a good old fashioned drama. I I literally watch if the dialogue yeah, but- if the dialogue is great i could literally watch just two people sitting in a room talking if the dialogue is good and the story is good that's all yeah, i yeah but
1: you're a different animal like you watch films yeah. for a different reason if you if you think about it there there are people who watch films out of enjoyment and then people that get something out of it here and it goes back to that one point i made on whatever last podcast where you know to us leaving like let's say we make a movie and it wins film festivals and then you die right you get hit by a truck like you'll you'll feel like you accomplished something in life right because you Mm -hmm. made a movie that impacted people the average person just they don't care they just want to see a movie to enjoy themselves right if they end up watching a classic cool but like they're not going to sit through like yeah they're not going to sit through the seven seal right i'm it's hard pressed like i guarantee you like uh, Uh, most of your friends
0: i've yeah like the irishman i'll probably only ever watch that once
1: yeah but i'm talking even way past the irishman i'm talking into you know Godard and Truffaut levels of mm. dramas and you know like the, the stuff that you see in film school it's like eh, Godard is better yeah. than everything that's made out you know and that's the stuff that i i also i love that stuff and i i wish like like i wish i could make movies like that but no one would watch them like let's be honest you don't know that i'd watch them ah. Actually, oh take- cool an audience of one
0: but yeah uh, but you know it's funny that you said that like uh your movies are all gore and nudity and then you're you were working on mine that literally has none of that it's all like i think the worst of it the like the worst of the gore would have been that big fight scene uh where he just beat up a kid real good and you could have worked your magic with your makeup, but that would have been the the most blood. No, I, I don't I don't like doing. Uh, I guess I don't know if this is bad for. Uh, I want want to be a writer, but like I just don't like doing sex scenes. I don't like doing stuff like that. It makes me feel really fucking weird and uncomfortable and awkward. Like I'll I used to back in the day, and I I type them out, and I'm just like, Nah, not for me. I'll just my movies don't need to have sex. Just will imply that they've boned, but never show it or write it. Okay. Not a fan. It's just, is just me. It's my writing. I'd honestly, right. God, I'd rather have a scene after where they're just sitting in bed talking. I loved writing dialogue. I love dialogue, heavy movies. That's why I love Aaron Sorkin and everything he's doing. Like he just did that Chicago seven, the trial of the Chicago seven, which I don't know if you watched it yet, but fucking all the dialogue. It's fucking Sorkin, man. He's, uh, I just uh, I'll just I, like I said I can watch a two hour movie of people just walking around talking to each other as long as the story's good and the dialogue is where it's supposed to be that's my kind of movie
1: and it's funny because um, my favorite project that I've done is the one where it's the, the, the actress from Argentina where it's essentially two people having an argument right and, and there's a double mean to a lot of their argument because they're talking about a game like a soccer game because they're Hispanic, right? She's from Argentina, the lead's from Mexico, but like the whole thing is it's, it's, it's an argument about the game, but it's not really about the game. It's about the relationship. Right. So it's a, it's a double meaning to everything. And like, to me, that's my favorite project I've done. And it's all it, all it is is dialogue driven. There's a scene where she like takes off her makeup, which is very basic film school 101, where it's like, haha look at me symbolism. But when you look back, you're like, ah, it's a little heavy handed, but either way, that's my favorite project. And I've had, i've wrote a lot of like dramas that i haven't filmed so it's not completely out of the whole it's not it's not like your project isn't like stylistically as different than what i like to do it's just if you really think about it the way you get exposure is just you know to me at least it's a lot easier to do in horror not that you can't do it in drama it's just a lot easier to do it in horror uh but the i do disagree with the sex thing. Just I'm Hispanic. Like a lot of the Hispanic film directors, they love to push the boundaries of that, right? Right. Um Al Maldovar, especially with you know is with his early films that had Antonio Banderas, they they push sex like a lot. I don't I'm not afraid to shy like to I'm not afraid to show it. It is it's a human act. It humanizes people. I get, yeah I know it's a natural thing and
0: we're uh, adults. I just writing it nah not for me if a director read my script and says i want a sex scene in the middle here whatever but if it's just me writing a script right most you'll get is two people laying in bed after the fact having a conversation
1: right and there's nothing wrong with it especially since if you're not going to explore anything with it then there's no point right like i like i like to explore a little more of the psychology behind it and then the other thing too is I like to, to show it without showing it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? So like, you imply you know, it, yeah. You, well, it, no, it's not implied, but like, because when you're in the moment, you don't really pay like when you're in the moment, you're not paying attention to like the overall picture, right? Like you're paying attention to like little things, uh, with, with the sound of her breath or whatever, and or like the, the the sheet being ripped from the from the bed. So I like to do like really close ups. Yeah. I like to do a lot of close-ups and like very extreme close-ups of like different things versus just and the other thing too is I don't like this it's like super glamorized movies right and people don't sweat and people don't look all disheveled and shit and looks like it looks like a photo shoot and you're like that's not real life and yeah. it's awkward and it's supposed to be awkward and you bump into shit and then you you know sometimes you can bump heads right it, it cuz so essentially I, the
0: scene from uh Knocked Up sure let's just <laughs> that's the most realistic sex scene in any movie
1: i mean you know what I actually had a ridiculously realistic sex scene which which is weird given the show the, the nature of the show uh i thought that the sex scene in mind hunters in the season one of mind hunters is like really well done it. oh
0: that,
1: that's your boy david fincher i know like like that's I think a, I
0: saw the first episode where the guy was like in a motel naked yelling at people yeah yeah and then like yeah. it,
1: cuz it's a show about like the creation of you know serial killer profiling but like which is which is once again it's like it's stupidly weird that they have such a realistic scene in that show that has nothing to do with and like she's telling them like oh well, like let's do this position and stuff like that and she's like yeah that's real like you you talked her in it and like you know like people the films just do it like really clean it's like birth that and like the birth of a child is like in Mm -hmm. movies it's like super clean and like not messy right when in reality like that's bullshit like it's messy and it's fucking gross like the birth of the child like i I have a daughter and i fucking love her to death and i'm so glad she was born but like let's not say the let's not pretend that the exact moment was like a beautiful fucking hallmark moment no it wasn't right she comes out she ends up looking like something out of like first she looks like a jelly bean and then all of a sudden she like springs out to life it looks like freak, but she looks like a xenomorph from alien like she springs out to life and <laughs> stuff like Christ. that and then all of a sudden she you know she goes from not being able to say something and then like the liquid comes out of her mouth and then she can start crying right and then you're like oh and you know <laughs> see i
0: i feel like i had a much different experience i was actually like it felt like a movie to me for both my kids. I mean, the first time you don't know what you're going to see, what, you're, what to expect, but even the second time around, and the second time even more so because it was four o'clock in the morning and you were pretty much half asleep as it is, and it just felt, I don't know, I think uh, just seeing the boys come out and uh, cutting the cord and all that, it's... I had a, I, I don't think <laughs> I think me and you have a different experience. I, had a, I think I, I no, actually I, enjoyed it and like walking them over and watching them put them in the and under the heater and they
1: clean them up. You, you're, you're uh you're more of a, the thing is is you're more of a romantic like and I don't mean like in that you know mushy, but you're more of a like yeah, yeah 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 you like romanticize things yeah yeah sentimental, but but it's not even sentimentality. You romanticize things. You like even your script, you like romanticize certain events like. I know I, I want to be nitty gritty. Like you're a movie, like you come out of a movie, like I'm sure when your movie hits movie theaters, right? Cuz let's let's dream big. It takes complete psychopaths to actually achieve that kind of dream. But like, you know, people will come out of your movie and they're going to be like, "Oh, I feel good," right? Like let's go in iHop and talk about this movie. People come out of my movies and they're going to need like showers. You're going to need cold showers. Be like, oh fuck! Like that's that's a mind fuck of a movie. That that's a different, you know. You, yeah. You're going to be producing. I, I don't know. Like let's say Cinderella Man. I'm mm-hmm. going to be producing Requiem for a Dream. God.
0: Yeah, I'll take Cinderella Man all day.
1: Which is fine. Which is fine because you you're also trying to. It's it's funny. Your pursuit is also you know your life experience and whatnot. But my pursuit in like film. Is uh, let me make you feel what I kind of feel, right And like mm-hmm. a low, because people don't understand that like that that like pitch darkness that like bottomness, it, it's a it's a weird feeling, um, it's a weird feeling to have, and then like the, it kind of warps your perspective completely, uh, and that's what directors like Lars von Trier do, like Melancholia. Uh, most normal people watch Melancholia and they're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Right, I came out of melancholy and be like, "Someone gets it, yes." <laughs> like when you're <laughs> when you're on a low and 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 everything's meaningless and you're just like, "That's that." Yes, Las Trier. yes. And if, if people don't know what that movie's about, the movie's about uh, th- there's a media or there's a meteor that's going to strike the earth and essentially wipe us all out, right? And you have Kristen Dunst. Who clearly has depression, like clinical depression, and you know, and how she comes to terms with the fact that this meteor is going to wipe us out, and how her family comes to terms with her wiping out, and it's this really, it really is not like if you're if you're sad, don't watch that movie. In fact, mm. if, if if you're not like hundred percent happy, if you didn't just get laid or you know had a great steak or crushed the PR, don't watch that movie. Cause it's just going to put you in a bad mood, but like, yeah. that's the whole thing. It's such an honest depiction of like what you feel on a low.
0: Which is good. In a sense. In a sense. I like, yeah. I, yeah, I can, I can watch those movies every once in a while just to appreciate the artistic value of it. But then, you know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, it's on TV. Let's watch it. And
1: no, no, but every once in a while, it's good to remind you. Like, Manchester by the Sea, right? It's not a yeah. thing that, like, if you see it, you're going to throw it on and be like, all right, let me watch this. Yeah. But I have seen it multiple times because every once in a while, it's just like, a, I don't know, it's, weird. it's It's cathartic, right? Like, it's a release. Yeah. It's like uh, a release. Uh, There's just-
0: another one. Um, the one with Renner. uh, Dahmer? No, <laughs> no Jeremy Renner. that got nominated for some Oscars. He was, like, uh, he was up in, like, Alaska, I think. And it was about this girl that got raped and murdered and like oh
1: me. yes uh wind river
0: yeah that i watched it and i'm like that just breaks my heart and uh what's his name uh punisher oh my god i'm blanking oh my god Thomas john burnthal john burnthal got the oh, shit kicked okay. out of him cuz he tried to save it. like the whole movie was just great and like yeah. i've seen it a couple times but it's like <laughs> yep and it, it's weird because it i know it's a great movie but yeah. i don't want to watch it to like like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to fucking want to take on the world after. It's like, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie. Olsen. I'm going to watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like one of those movies. Like, I'm going to watch it because I know it's good and I want to appreciate its artistic greatness, but I know it's going to put me in a bad mood. So yep. it's like it's just one of those movies, man. One River. So yeah. Good. yeah, for sure. So. All right, Wind River. Would you consider it a Christmas movie because they're in snow? Is it even around Christmas time? I don't even know. I don't. Remember. I don't
1: think it is. It's fucking Alaska, right?
0: Yeah. So it's like no, Frozen. I, I,
1: I think I don't think it was Alaska. I think we're just being fucking racist. I think it's like Wyoming. It's somewhere up there. No, like... I'm pretty sure it was Alaska. I'm what gonna look it? it up. Hold on, I'm
0: gonna look it up really quick. But it's like yeah, it's okay. like Frozen. Frozen was like based in like July or something. But because the chick can make snow and she has a friend snowman, they're like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. No, it's not. North. yeah
1: hold on yeah but that was a very very clever segue into your Thank you. very
0: your oh well, they I'm are in part. wyoming oh shit it was wyoming
1: why did oh. i think Alaska? i don't know boom anyways boom boom see anyways I'm, if there's so, yeah. one thing if there's one thing i know is my movies okay good for you good for you you you, you know plot <laughs> and, and are the uh the setting of you know okay, plots so, and themes and and how to like
0: you know the, structure
1: a movie properly.
0: The assistant camera guy's name. Congratulations. Um, yep. yeah. So anyway, speaking of Christmas movies, uh, I already told you, and I got a couple other people in. Um, in a couple weeks, probably around Thanksgiving time, um, we're going to uh, take it back a little bit. Uh, we're going to tone down on the uh the mental stuff for an episode, and uh, I came up with a a 64 movie elimination bracket and we're going to me you and three other people are going to vote and determine what is the greatest christmas movie of all time i got i made up the bracket i sent it to you and all the other participants i got 64 movies in there uh there's four different regions and uh we'll break it down so in a couple weeks you'll get back on with a couple other people and uh We'll try to get it done. Probably have to split it up in a couple two two or three parts, depending on how long it takes. But um, yeah, it should be should be a good time. Uh, I actually got this idea the other day at work. I was listening to the New Day podcast, and they did a uh, action movie bracket sixty four movie action movie bracket. And I'm like, oh my god, that would be amazing! I'm gonna, I'm like, I should do a Christmas movie since we're coming around up on that up on that time of the year. So uh, yeah, I went ahead and I made the brackets, and uh, should be fun. Should, I've already I've already looked at a couple of the competitive or the a couple of the matchups in the first round, and I can see there's going to be some uh, some tough decisions to be made. I don't know. I don't know. You saw. it. I don't know what you think though.
1: That was a very long winded way to get to the whole bracket thing. So th- in fact, I actually thought since you were talking about the new day, mm-hmm. I-, I thought that you were gonna. Then you know surprises with, us. and by the way, a couple members, at least like one member of the New Day is gonna join us on this <laughs> podcast next week. I was like, what? Wouldn't uh, that be crazy? It would have to be what? Xavier Woods. He would it be would the one. It would have to be Xavier Woods. It would be a
0: hundred percent. He would be the probably, guy.
1: Yeah, he could. Probably I bet you, do it.
0: if I reached out to him on on Twitter, I could I'd get a hold of him somehow, some way.
1: Yeah, you probably could. He would probably do it for like you know some stupid retro video game, since that's all he does. Yeah, right. Yeah, be like, yeah, hey, yeah. my
0: boy Leo has a bunch of figures that he'd be willing to give you.
1: I I think I have a copy of like Chavez. I know that's a rare Super Nintendo game. I don't know. Be like, hey, it's yours if you. Well, if sure. you, now you've you now you've
0: now you've given me the idea, and I'm gonna shoot bro, my shot,
1: bro. Gonna, we're from I'm, like we're, we're from Chicago. You you can't get Colt Cabana.
0: Fuck Colt Cabana. He <sighs> fucked over uh, my boy CM.
1: Fine, uh, they're aren't they still friends i thought they were still friends no
0: wasn't he like suing them for millions of well, dollars for either def- the
1: way colt cabana's the shit and aid whatever Put, oh you know you can get uh there's like a female wrestler kylie whatever you could you could pull some strings dude work your magic
0: yeah i'll work my magic yeah
1: yeah. yeah anyway so
0: coming in a couple of weeks we got a movie a christmas movie tournament coming up um yeah if people are interested i will be more than happy to uh Post the actual bracket so people can use it and make up their own. I think it'd be fun for, uh, you know, with everything going on this year, there probably won't be a lot of family Christmas parties. So if it's just you and your immediate family sitting at home, and you need something to do because you're used to gathering with thirty people. Like this is some, might be something fun. Uh, I told you, but a few years ago, when I, I was working in an office and I had a lot of downtime and a lot of computer access, I made a uh, hundred. What was a hundred and twenty-eight Disney movie bracket. Cause I didn't think 64 was enough. Cause there's a million Disney movies. So uh thinking back at it, I really want to redo it because there are some movies on there that I want to take out because they aren't technically they're Disney owned, but not Disney made. So well, I, I, one. I, like, Oh, well, if mine, my personal yeah record, your Disney it, one, my personal, it came down to, it was a, literally, it took me almost an entire day to decide the final two participants were remember the Titans and inside out by pixar those are my final two i eventually ultimately decided with remember the titans but it honestly was a toss-up because remember the titans was like the first movie i ever really remember seeing as a kid and like it was just i can i honestly could probably quote that entire movie right now word for word right and then inside out you know it deals with a lot of uh mental stuff and there's a lot of uh that deals with It it, honestly does deal with mental health in a lot of ways, especially with uh, who's like each emotion, like who's running the control center, like the little girl, Joy was running it. The mom, like, I think it was like anxiety was running it. The dad anger was running it. So it was like, it's very clever, very, very clever movie. And then when the fucking, what was his name? Bimbo or whatever the fuck, the elephant guy that like sacrificed himself so Joy can get back. And like, he was like, oh, my God. Oh, ah uh, so those two movies it was like my childhood movie and my adult movie banging heads and i just it took me like an entire day to decide but I eventually i chose to remember the titans but yeah man that was my favorite disney movie or best all-time disney movie but like i said there was a lot of disney owned not disney made like right all the star wars i put on there uh some of the pixar movies aren't disney made a lot of a lot of the marvel movies aren't disney made and they were all on the the bracket so i think if i had to, it, I'd redo the bracket. Still, probably keep it at one twenty eight, but I'd get rid of those movies that weren't actually technically made by Disney.
1: So no Pixar.
0: Uh, I think Cars, or no, I think like Monsters Inc. or something around there. That's when Pixar or Disney took over Pixar. Okay. Like,
1: as long as Toy Story three makes the cut.
0: Yeah, Toy Story three and four definitely would be on it. I think it was like two thousand one or two or something. When Disney bought Pixar. well. Three would make it all the way to the final four easily. But maybe it was Toy Story too, because Pixar's thing was like we just want to do original movies, no sequels. Like each movie is different. And then Disney took over, and they're like, "No, you need to make sequels because you'll make more money." And that's why okay. we got, that's why we got Cars two and Monsters University, and didn't wasn't there Cars three? I don't even remember. But it was Disney was all about making money. Pixar was about making great movies.
1: Yeah. Well, it did give us the best trilogy of all time. So, which is, Toy Story trilogy. They four. I know now it's quad, but either way, I'm just talking about the original three. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Yeah, Yeah. the end of Toy Story three. I still can't watch it. It fucking kills me.
1: Yeah, and plus, like, when the little
0: girl reaches for Woody and he like, yep, pulls back. Oh my god.
1: And when he's like, you know, goodbye, part. Ah. Oh, gets you, gets you. Look at you. You know, between that and then like in part two with Sarah McLachlan, like that was just that was heartbreak right there like that yeah. yes like my kid will watch that and feel sad and like oh and then i'll just go up to her and be like you feel it don't you
0: <laughs> feel it but the, oh, <laughs> spoilers by the way if nobody's ever for a 20 year old movie seen the greatest cartoon movie of ever, all time i won't say anything that happened in uh, toy story 4 just because it is kind of new but the ending of toy story 4 with what happens with woody another like just fucking oh, like
1: no i know. <sighs> a lot. you know my um my roommate does not like that movie and he likes to give me crap and then i reply with you're just a boring white guy with no emotion just yeah i can see it i definitely yeah. see it. he is he is he is if he was a cake he he would be made with applesauce instead of actual milk that's that's yeah. how fucking yeah because i was but, like how did you not watch Toy story four and feel it like yeah you felt
0: that 100 percent. he just yeah. knew he just knew he's like you know what it's time i know you know what now that i'm thinking about it with you i bet i'm just gonna take a guess at the ending of toy story 3 when they were in the trash incinerator thing you would have enjoyed if they all just went into the fire and died knowing you i'm just guessing Uh, i mean it would be holding hands and all that holding
1: hands and then going in the fire one of And my then favorite. the X
0: Machina claw just comes down, and no. it's the fucking aliens that
1: claw. I mean that that I love that moment, but that's such a great moment. No, because I don't necessarily like flat out depressing. Like the end of That would have been half, bold, though, from Disney. Yeah, that would have been that, bold. Yeah, but that would just ruin so many little kids' childhoods, right? Like they would just their innocence would just be shattered. Like yeah. no, I, I like ambiguous. To, De- like ambiguous like sure it, maybe if they would have faded the black but then even then that kind of is implied that they fucking burned but yeah. like you know like at the end of the eight and a half where he kind of finds out that there's no meaning in life but it's not like completely depressing but it's just like ah oh, look at that and then ah, gets to black on the beach right but yeah. like yeah it's like more like that i like ambiguous words because because really like even with art you know stuff it's ambiguous you don't fucking you don't know you don't know but yeah, yeah no i look forward to it i look so forward yeah anyways to christmas, christmas movie bracket we got coming on yes. hopefully xavier woods will come by uh
0: if anybody doesn't know who xavier woods is uh he is a professional wrestler he's a wrestler for the wwe sidebar for that um but yeah i'm he, there's like a one or percent chance that he's going to be on the uh <laughs> on the bracket but if uh if, if i like his odds if not never tell me the odds um if not i will take his place um but if he does decide to come on i'll be the moderator and i'll just read off the names if not oh, that w- that would be cool. I'll, I'll try. I'll honest to God, I'll try. No, please don't. I'm going to. Don't, don't embarrass a, yourself, dude. Xavier Woods is like the coolest fucking dude ever. Like if he, yeah. see the, he just has to see it, and he'd be like, oh my god, that'd be fucking dope.
1: Listen, yeah, or he'll take thing-
0: it and he'll hack my idea, and then like two weeks later, New yeah. Day is gonna have a Christmas movie podcast. The the,
1: the, the, uh, <laughs> the coolest thing, the coolest thing he did, he's ever done in his life, is Paige.
0: and on that note i'm gonna say goodbye to leo i hope uh everybody enjoyed this episode uh i will i promise after the disney bracket i won't have leo on anymore um christmas bracket (laughs) only because i already promised him the christmas bracket he'll be back Uh, but that's all we got for you guys tonight um if anybody uh, enjoyed it or wants to get to know leo on a more personal lover uh well there is a hospital called silver oaks you might want to check yourself into that instead because good god all right good night everybody i hope uh everyone has a great weekend coming up
2: hey what's going on everybody i uh, just want to say thank you again to my buddy leo for coming on again uh telling a story talking some movies being really fucking weird and uh just being a cool guy um But uh, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, uh, today is the one year anniversary of me checking myself into the mental hospital last year. Um, I I mentioned that it's been weighing on my mind every uh, today. I didn't really dive into that too much uh, just because of how the conversation was going. But uh, I just wanna let everybody know that um, it is something that uh, it's been on my mind. I've been thinking about it, um, just thinking about where I was a year ago uh, from today and to where I'm at right now. And I, uh, there's some things going on in my life and in the world. And um, it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be when I got out of the hospital. Uh, but life's been handing us a lot of cards. And uh, we just uh, sometimes we don't know what hand to play. And I think uh, the biggest thing is to just you know keep your mind focused, keep your uh, sight forward, and uh, just keep pressing on and just keep moving. And uh, hopefully one day soon, uh, things will start getting back to normal and uh, the world will start seeming like a, a regular place again. Um, but as for me, um, I just, uh, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing and um, keep being there for my family, my, my kids, Melissa, myself, um, Hopefully work will pick up soon and hopefully the gyms will open back up so I can get back into that and things will be seemingly better on that point on that front. Um, But for anybody else, if anybody uh, feels that they want to come on and uh, talk about things or anything like that, feel free to contact me. Uh, I got a couple of people contacting me uh, asking to come on, so hopefully I'll have them on soon. Uh, Like I said with Leo, we're going to have the uh, Christmas movie tournament coming up in a couple weeks, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, maybe if that goes off well, maybe I'll do some uh, different ones like that. Uh, hopefully, because I really do enjoy making brackets and stuff. It's uh, one of those dumb little things that I really enjoy doing. So, uh, yeah, man, I hope everybody has a good weekend, uh good day. Anybody listening to this, good week, whenever you listen to it. Um, it's been a crazy ride. It's been a crazy year. It's been a crazy couple of years. And uh, I'm truly glad we're all here and uh, we're all hopefully working hard to Get to where we want to get, and uh, I hope that we all get to where we want to be. And uh, nobody's told you yet. Uh, just remember that on all of this, none of this probably will never, ever be perfect. But it's going to be worth it.